0: It's uh, vhia.org that's as it sounds t-h-e-h-i-a.org you can also go to joinhemp.org if that's easier to remember um either one will take you to our website and i encourage you to click around there's a lot about the history of the organization a lot about sort of how we function and and what our priorities are um and you'll see a lot of ways to connect to the community uh you can you can uh uh, check out our social networks, which are, are vastly larger than, than most in this industry, just by virtue of the fact that we've been building it for so long across so many different uh, parts of the hemp industry. Through iHemp Michigan is a member-based organization backing hemp farmers, seed cultivators, processors, manufacturers, and hemp businesses statewide. Our members are engaged in defining the path to success of industrial hemp from seed to sale and beyond. We are committed to empowering hemp farmers, fueling industry leaders, and educating consumers to ensure hemp flourishes in the Midwest. Our focus is influencing responsible and fair regulation, providing grower education, and enabling full access to the evolving marketplace. iHemp Michigan advocates for wellness in people and the planet through hemp, and it begins with the farmer.
1: Now, onto our show. So I think right now we're going to get into uh, talking with Jody um, about uh, hemp, HIA, Hemp Inters Association. Association. Uh, we're actually, we're proud members of them. We like to support what they're doing. They've done a lot of things. I know last year, one of the big things they did was they took DEA to court um, for some of the things that they were trying to do with it. And uh, we appreciate the efforts that were done on that, Jody, very much. Jody, why don't you maybe give a little bit about your background and how you got involved in all this because that's always an interesting story of how people get involved in hemp.
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks for uh inviting me. And I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience and, and meet with you guys again. I had a great time last time. Um as to me and how I got involved, I actually um, like a lot of people, my my uh connection to this industry is personal. My uh I had a family. My, my brother uh, who lived out in Utah several years back um, got uh, busted coming across state lines after he'd purchased CBD for my nephew who suffers from seizures. And I, um, uh, I didn't really know anything about it at the time. Uh, I just sort of saw from a distance as my brother's life got derailed. They ended up uh, losing their their house and he had, he had to get a different job. And, it, it, and all I knew is that they you know found this medicine that made my nephew part of the family again and, and be able to communicate in a way that he hadn't in, in, in years. So um, not too long after that, I, I'd, been, I'd spent the, the preceding couple of decades working for membership-based nonprofits of uh, in the uh, public, uh, um, public television arena, in academia in uh, the arts, uh, but always with nonprofit membership uh, organizations. And MPP, the Marijuana Policy Project was hiring uh, for somebody to, to uh, run their development, their, their fundraising. Um, so I I sort of jumped at that chance because I, I felt really motivated by the unfairness of the experience, the harshness of the penalties, and the the irrationality of the 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 whole uh, um, you know legal regime that 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 you know disrupted so many people's lives. And as I learned more about the issue, I got more passionate about it. So I I spent a couple of years at at MPP really. Uh, cutting my teeth on advocacy fundraising, but also learning from a great policy shop there. I was—we um, were involved with uh, with legalization there in your state during my time there. Uh, you know, I helped uh, as part of that team, and and you know I, I don't I don't over my emphasis to that effort because my my job was really as a as a fundraiser, not as a as as a smart mind, but as a you know person out there pulling on heartstrings and telling patients and veterans stories and figuring out ways to get legislators on board. But it was. Um, Great experience. Uh, Illinois, Michigan, uh, Vermont, um, and we even got uh, a medical past in Utah, where out where my my brother in law lives. So it was a great experience. But um, uh, not too uh, long after that, when HIA was hiring, I saw it as a chance to sort of bring together the the two uh, learning experiences. I had a strong background in association and membership, nonprofit management, um, and a and a recent experience in, in cannabis policy. So I saw it as a as a an opportunity to grow into that area that I've been uh, learning so much about, and, um, and it really has been an incredible learning experience. It's been 18 months, um, almost entirely virtual. I've only met one of my board members as of yet in person, <laughs> and it's uh, uh, been a, a very strange experience. As an executive director, you know, with very limited travel, the travel being such an essential part of getting around and meeting people and networking, it's... Uh, uh, been a definitely unique uh, uniquely challenging but uniquely rewarding experience as well
1: well we're looking forward to having you hopefully you can travel um uh and come out and be part of our uh, expo in may so we're looking forward to that for sure everybody can come out and meet you and you can explain the group uh what you do um i'm going to talk a little bit about your elections a little bit and then we'll get into some other things but um so you just recently had your 2021 elections, and I'm going to read a little bit that you guys put out in your, in your email. It says, the IRS describes an organization like the HIA as a mutual benefit corporation with members, a classification that comes with specific regulations about how do we do business and the rights of members. And the, and the um, cumulative effect of all of those rules is this. The HIA is the most democratic type of nonprofit there is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually one of the, the the it's the thing that sets the HIA apart in a lot of ways. Um, because since its founding back in '94, when I was still in uh, you know uh, in high school, um, by um, you know Chris Conrad and, and others, it was you know, the, the industry that we serve now, this new hemp industry, exi- existed for the better part of 25 years as a sort of twinkle in HIA's eyes, right? It was people who showed up every year, brought their business there, were doing something with hemp and wanted to find ways to get better purchasing power in the market and um, come up with standards to define what was real hemp products and what wasn't so that this, you know, industry and obviously work on legalization. So they had all these shared goals, but it was really just the people who cared enough to show up and come together and make something out of nothing and it was really a remarkable story and and that's the type of trade association the HIA is it's a sort of a tool for people in the industry who, who want to to get involved to pick up that tool and, and really try to shape the industry into into what they they think it should be and and you know uh, in that sense we're very much uh, um, always uh, uh, an evolving organization with a shifting uh, collection of members with different priorities but um uh, you know the remarkable thing is that it was a trade association and founded in the 90s but they built into their articles and in, in incorporation, a, a focus on environmentally sound business practices and caring about human rights and elevating businesses to higher ethical standards even back then so I think um, you know this industry more than ever needs that sort of tool and uh, this tool needs more than ever uh, you know a dedicated committed, uh, industry leaders to pick it up, to get involved and, and be a part of the organization, and help us shape that next 30 years.
1: Well, we certainly need groups like you and members that you have and, and us as well. We're members to be able to keep pushing this forward and getting Congress to do what we need to do to make sure that we get a safe product out there. Uh, yeah. Right now, there still isn't a lot of reg- regulations and there's a lot of, every day we're reading things about how CBD is, you know, um, not regulated and there's issues and problems. So and we're hoping for that there, for sure, to push that forward. So, Jody, I'm, I'm, we're going to mention this a couple times, but I want to let people, would you tell people how they could find out about the organization and what you have? There's a website, I'm sure. Can you give us that website?
0: Sure. Uh, it's uh, vhia.org. That's uh, as it sounds, T-H-E-H-I-A dot O-R-G. Um, you can also go to joinhemp.org if that's easier to remember. Um, either one will take you to our website and I encourage you to click around. There's a lot about the history of the organization, a lot about sort of how we function and, and what our priorities are. Um, and you'll see a lot of ways to connect to the community. Uh, you can you can uh, um, check out our social networks, which are, are vastly larger than than most in this industry just by virtue of the fact that we've been building it for so long across so many different uh, parts of the hemp industry through you know tabling events and and campaigns through hemp history week and, and things like that so it's a it's a really uh, engaged community and, and a great place to sort of get your uh, get a sense of what what the pulse of the uh, the industry is so so I encourage you to check it out and um, uh, get in contact with us uh, if you have any questions or if there's anything um, that uh, the website's not doing that you think uh, the industry needs it to do, because that's that's uh, that's part of how we uh, serve the industry as well. So, for the email you sent out, <clears throat> um, I, I noticed. And now, if I
1: got this correctly, you've got four new board members. Then that were elected.
0: Well, three uh, three new and one re Okay.
1: Yeah. So we got uh, Andrea Herman. Um, She's the owner and principal of Ridge International Cannabis Consulting. So
0: among, among many other hats. Yeah, she works uh, she for works hemp a lot of hats.
1: She, yeah. If any of the board members are on and they want to come in and say hi, I'm not really tech savvy and Dave gave me the host there. But if they want to come in and say hi, I'll be trying to bring them in if we can if they're on and we can. they let me know. We'll try to invite cool. them to come in. You're very it, uh,
0: by the way. Looks good.
1: Okay. We got Vanessa Snyder. Um, of course, we've had Vanessa on. She's with Eurofins. She's the VP of Business Development for Eurofins Food Chemistry Testing. So I so, you know then we got a, a Lauren Gramman if I said that correct name. Uh, she's general counsel for beneficial blends. And a Christopher Ware, he's the CEO of KCA Laboratories. Yeah. Yeah. Who else have you got on there? Is Annie, is Annie
0: Rausch? Uh, Annie, uh, is going to be sticking around for one term. She accepted a, a vacancy appointment. We had one, one remaining seat that had been vacated that had a year left on it. So her term, her elected term ended in December, but she agreed to be to that one year appointment. So, so as a resource, we got to hold on to Annie Rouse one more year. And I was glad to, to have that to have been a news been delivered to the members as well. <laughs> um, likewise, we've got, um, um uh, uh, going off the board, we had uh, a Todd Runestad who stepped in as the vacancy, and he's a great guy with a, a great platform through Natural Products Insider. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out that newsletter, I'd, I'd encourage you to because the Natural Products Insider newsletter that he's editor of is a great resource for that, um, understanding how hemp can fit into that really promising sector
2: all right
1: um and then you had a little bit of sad news here and I, I i'd say that I, I don't i never met steve levine if i said that right yeah. uh he was a hia leadership for quite a long time and he passed this last year
0: that's right he, he died on on uh, new year's day steve uh i also never had the privilege of meeting him but um he was uh the longest serving uh, leader in the in, in hia's history he I think spent a total of 17 years on the board including two stints as president helped launch hemp history week uh, the test pledge uh, was incredibly influential through a, a long stretch of the, the organization's history and uh, even when he wasn't um uh, you know president he was an active and engaged board member he used to organize the santa barbara hemp festival uh, and um you know uh eric steenstrover at vote hemp is is the one who 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 was executive director during most of Steve's time. And he, he had the opportunity to interact and, and know firsthand the contributions that he did. So uh, anybody who's interested in sort of finding more finding out more, I'd encourage you to check out votehemp.com. Uh, I think it's votehemp.org, uh, votehemp.org it's vote work, Hemp's yeah. website because they put up a great memorial uh, to, to look at the, the achievements and the impact of, of Steve Levine on this industry. Uh, and it's just a great reminder of so much that took place um, that laid the groundwork for the, the industry we all take part in now today. That is almost um, you know uh, lost to most of the participants in today's market.
1: So. Well, we're sorry to hear that he passed, but uh, certainly appreciate the work. Because it's people like that uh, that that brought things to where they are now. Uh, without that, without that past work doing that, we wouldn't have where we're at now for sure. So, so Jody, let's talk about whatever else you got on your mind. Um, where do you see what do you see going on this year? What do you see the hot, hot buttons? Um, yeah.
0: Oh, I, you know, I, I see so many people making predictions and I wonder where they get the cojones in an industry like this, who's, <laughs> who's who feels confident enough to call their shots. Right. Um, and ideally we'd love to see movement on, on the bill that federally that you, you brought up 841, I think we're going to see smart states um, coming up with a way to regulate um, all of the hemp cannabinoids out there. Um, rather than um, you're starting to see states like um, uh, Tennessee and uh, Florida and Ohio uh, open up uh, a way to safely bring these hemp products to market and not, not re implement prohibition. So, so I think you'll start to see um, you know, the states coming to grip with, uh, with the challenge. And that's good news for consumers and for the industry um it's good news for for business you know the the, the tragic thing about the fda is or that you know the inaction that states like michigan are trying to you know fill in the blanks on on how to how to deal with cbd food right because the fda isn't isn't doing it That that's part of what 841 would uh oh, well sorry that's a nutritional supplement but nonetheless I, the, the point is states are stepping up but um it, it shouldn't be up to them to to, to answer all of these questions, and 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 until states do step up, the consumers are faced with an uncertain market and a lot of a lot of gray and and you know black market type of players that, that you know create products that, that they can't count on in terms of safety or or quality. So it's um it's great to see progress on that front. I think interestingly, um you know from from HIA standpoint, we're we're I've after 2020 and 2021, we really just are focusing on on really modest and achievable goals, you know, things that we can actually count on and, and get accomplished with, you know, ongoing uncertainty about everything. So, so uh, we are bringing back our first live event in two years, uh, planning it for outdoors for two days in June in Kentucky. Um, so we're hoping the waves will, you know coincide and, and um, you know, the, the, the lure of an event that's mostly outdoors a educational entertainment, we're calling it an agro-tourism hemp educational event presented by our by uh, our foundation and um, uh, Hemp History Week and proceeds are actually benefiting our, our nonprofit foundation as well as uh, accelerating Appalachia, so that's going to be n- n- nice and sort of family-friendly with uh, uh, hemp workstations to learn how to weave fibers and petting zoo for the kids and Music on day two, so it hopefully will survive the times and be 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 something we can pull off because we really feel a lack of community um, from a from a you know not just from a business sense but from a um, from an organizational sense. You know, HIA has always been about bringing people together and sharing. And um, as much as forums like this are a great asset to 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 us, um, they don't offer that same sort of organic. Uh, uh, networking and, and relationship building and resource sharing that that coming together do. So, so we really want to see that happen in the meantime, we're, we're going to do some other things virtually as well, but, um, we are going for it for a live event in June. So I think, um, you know, uh, we're, we're looking at 20 uh, 22 optimistically, but reasonably, I'm going to try to get to a bunch of those events that you, you were talking about either virtual ones or live as well as a couple of others. There's a sustainable development, uh, conference coming up that can, um, I think it's, uh, it's gonna be in February, or, or, um, I believe, but it's um, you can attend as an observer if you register before January 28th. That's when Sustainable Development Conference. Um, and encourage anybody interested in, in how hemp can improve uh, soil health or uh, you know in, enrich the uh, value of the land that you are a steward of to, to check that out because uh, it really is an organized process for uh, making the most out of this uh, uh, this crop uh, in terms of uh, healing the planet. So. Uh, That's a great one. Another one is a PASA sustainability conference comes up in March as well. Um, So so those are a couple that we'd like to be involved with and or at least uh, a participant in. And we're really going to focus on trying to get the message of hemp out to other industries. We're going to conserve what little travel budget we have and uh, uh, to to try to get uh, representation to uh, conferences that are focusing on on industries where hemp could potentially become a valuable industrial feedstock.
1: So, Jody, you said that's June. What's the date again?
0: Uh, sorry about that. I'm citing things with the, uh, off the top Oh, no, that's mind. fine. The, I don't want to put you uh,
1: on the spot, but I want to make sure everybody knows. So it's in June. Do you know where it's going to be at, at this point? Oh,
0: shoot. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, PASA Sustainable Ag, Col- Ag Conference is in February, not June. I apologize for that. Uh, I guess I was confused. Um, in, way up in June is when we're. Oh, sorry, you're talking about our conference. Yeah, I'm talking um, about
1: your conference. Yes, I don't care about anybody else's conference. Yeah, I think you take conference. a back seat of our conference in May. I, I want it's yours. An
0: uh, it's an event we did in 2019, I think. It's called Hemp in the Holler. All right, so it's in the Holler, it's in Mount Burning, Kentucky. Outdoor event, um, uh, and uh, you know, booths and uh, learning stations, good food. It's really meant to be a local and regional fair. I don't think we're really drawing people from across the country for it, but what we hope is that if it comes off successfully, if we do this model right in June, we're going to try and do it around hemp history week, and then we can bring it up in a different part of the country in September and replicate it, and then it becomes a thing that we're doing regularly to feature hemp in different parts of the country during certain uh, weeks in each region. So um, the idea is... uh, not letting the value of that hemp history week brand, which reached into hundreds of stores for, for, for over a decade each year to, you know, nationwide, uh, to, to educate communities about hemp products, mostly hemp foods. And, um, uh, there's a lot of hunger still for that opportunity to teach people about the incredible nutritional value and, uh, the value of, of farming hemp in their communities and and value of, uh, you know, uh, Hemp clothing in terms of uh, uh, creating sustainable fashion for for, for a future that, uh, you know, uh, conserves water and things like that. So it's uh, really uh, uh, trying to make the most of that opportunity that was built through those years of success of that campaign, but turn it into uh, something that fits the, the new moment that we're in.
2: Let me uh, leap in here and ask, what's the likelihood that the THC level will increase to 1%
0: this year? There's um, at least one bill that I know of that's proposing to amend the farm bill to uh, create a total THC um, limit of 1%. It has not yet been introduced. It should be introduced uh, before too long. Um, The thing to keep in mind is that less than 3% of bills that are introduced ever become law. Um, and, And a vanishingly small percent even get a vote. So um, you know the roundtable has been working assiduously and dedicatedly with HIA and its other partners and uh, to to push HB eight forty one, which is the most conservative CBD regulation bill that's out there. It's, it basically it's just taken on the, the nutritional supplement question. It doesn't get into adjustable or food and, and the like. So um, food and beverages. So it's um, I, I would say that. The likelihood that it happens this year is prob- will probably, probably. Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. Um, that said, things happen in fits and starts, right? I mean, suddenly something will get attached to an omnibus spending bill, or I mean, they tried to put the Safe Banking Act on the defense bill, uh, defense authorization, <laughs> spending bill this year, and it almost got passed that way. So um, you know, you, things can suddenly move after not moving at all. Um, more likely, I think, is that they in the next farm bill will seek to address. The, uh, the cap, um, which would probably be technically, I think 2023 is whens when, is when it'll, it'll probably happen. Um, so, so I think more than likely if, if and when that issue gets addressed, it'll be in the next iteration of a farm bill.
2: Since it's legal hemp that is in all 50 states, is it also partly an educational process? Is there still confusion that Hemp is cannabis and you get a high off hemp, or is that part of it or not?
0: Oh, that it is remarkable. I mean, the 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 level of understanding of hemp is less than that of C B D. So so people actually have a better the, you know, uh, studies have shown, or I should say consumer surveys have shown that people will actually understand more about what C B D is than they than hemp itself. Um, and that maybe that's not surprising given how it sort of entered the market, but the, but it, there's a tremendous learning opportunity, even in in, in Mount Vernon, Kentucky, where, where we're looking to host this event, where, you know, you think a lot of tobacco, former tobacco farmers looked at hemp or considered it, and some have grown it, and maybe they, you know, didn't have a great experience, but they're not unfamiliar, but it, it has, you know, there's still a tremendous curiosity, lack of, um, um, lack of clarity between you know, sort of what that THC cap actually means, from you know, from farmers thinking about you know, if this is something my 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 livestock consumes, are they are they going to get uh, are they going to get affected by it, or is it uh, you know, that's the same type of lack of knowledge that you know you brought up earlier, uh, the, the hemp feed coalition and the great work that they're doing, but fundamentally it's the same type of questions. If we feed this to cows, is it going to get them high, and we have to prove to a millionth percent of of accuracy through, you know, so many different types of tests that no, that's in fact not going to happen. And that's, it's the same level of, uh, of misunderstanding. Uh, So, so I think there's, there's a lot of uh, consumer education is going to be core to what the HIA is focusing on for, you know, for years to come. It's not going to, and then it's going to be about making smarter, better educated consumers. So, so it'll never stop, but still there's a great learning gap between um, people's understanding and, and the reality. And, and frankly, a lot of the marketing of some hemp products out there these days doesn't help by conflating, you know, strain names, popular strain names to sell hemp cannabinoid products based off, you know, OG Kush and Purple Haze and stuff like that. I mean, the, the, the industry in a lot of ways is, has not done itself any favors in differentiating itself. I really in, invited a lot of confusion, are and, and, the more unscrupulous actors, I should say. There's quite, quite a few good business actors out there who are wearing white hats in this Wild West, and, and I don't want to go without acknowledging that.
2: You guys should go with the fact that many of the founding fathers, what, 275 years ago or something, were growing hemp. George Washington grew hemp. I think Jefferson grew hemp. Maybe you should oh. throw that at him, and that'll, you know... Hey, it's cool, right? You know. Hey, so- well, you know,
0: we um, we we worked that into our marketing materials for decades. I mean, I I, I can pull you out some old graphics from the old uh, website that crack you up, where we you know have cartoons of George Washington with you know this was written on hemp. <laughs> so yeah, that, that old chestnut. Um, I mean, uh, these days we have to grapple with a more complicated reality, which is, um, as America you know uh, takes a a look at these questions and we are reflecting hemp history, we have to acknowledge that you know that sort of mythologizing glosses over the fact that those guys didn't do the farming it was slaves that they owned who did the farming it's right, not yeah. like they were out there in the fields and and that's a difficult question for an industry that is very underrepresented in terms of uh, leaders of of color um you know as much as i was pleased about the outcome of our election i was very disappointed that we didn't have a greater number of, of candidates of color to choose from from within our membership and i think when you know, especially as white guys, when we recite the myths that we like about hemp, we have to always remember that there's another side to that story. So it's important, as an association, I think, for the HIA to recognize that hemp history is just as complicated as American history, and just like everything else about this uh, this experiment we're in, uh, it's going to be what we make of it, and 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 that that that's all about um, being inclusive. So so that that's sort of where we're coming at it from hemp history. We even are debating whether. We, whether we the organization had a debate just before i was hired that whether or not they wanted to stay with calling it hemp history week or or change to just hemp week because we didn't want to get into that complicated discussion but the reality is i think uh uh it's a discussion america's having so so the association's just a reflection that it's interesting
1: jody i'm gonna try to i'm gonna <laughs> dave i'm gonna try to share this can everybody see that or not i can is that, is that the HIA website? Yes, sir. Okay, good. I wanted to. <laughs> hey, what do you know? I am. You can teach an old dog new tricks. What do you know?
0: <laughs>
1: I just wanted to bring up the mem- the uh, your, your 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 page here. This is actually on farming membership options. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that it's pretty reasonable to become a you know a member of, of your group. Um, it's one hundred fifty dollars here for farmers. Um, so um, this is the other membership. the here. There we go. Uh, business memberships are there as well
0: yeah, you there, mic group. video
1: there. yeah. groups that are
0: there you got that 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 smiling uh face of mike lewis our, our uh hia's president there on his his, his stick. was that on the membership
2: one did i miss it Yeah, the,
0: on the window you're looking at there he's
2: uh... right straight down
0: yeah just if you scroll down keep scrolling oh, right there. there you go okay talking, talking him mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean it, it the question I, that I try to answer for people is, is sort of what's the what's the value proposition for, for the HIA? What is membership about? And we do things that a trade association does. We have a, a business directory and we have a great newsletter that's sort of uh, really good at sort of, um, we use an algorithm so that you, every member gets their own custom version of the newsletter based on their interests. And it's, uh, uh, but so we do those sort of standard things, but the HIA has always been about uh, farmers and business people and entrepreneurs and activists and educators who wanted to do more than just make a profit with hemp. They wanted to, to, to make a difference. Um, so, so really part of the value proposition proposition is this idea that by coming together and working together, connecting, sharing what's best about this plant that we love and, and figuring out ways to benefit each other, we can make a better world with this plant. So, so there's a little bit of a sort of intangible ineffable thing to, to, to membership. But um, it, it, if you look back over the history of the organization, it's always been about that coming together principle. Um, and, and so I really, you asked about this coming year. Again, I, I wouldn't make a prediction, but one thing I'd really love to see is for the, uh, the different groups that are working in different um, um, lanes or different silos on behalf of this plant to find ways to, to unify their, their messaging and their priorities and speak with one voice. On behalf of the industry, and and, and really present a, um, uh, a uh, an organized and professional face to international and and uh, interests and 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 the government to really become that one hemp community that the founders of the HIA believed in when they started it.
1: So, Jody, what else can people do to, to help you out? I mean, get, a membership always is one way, and everybody loves that because that's what helps, you know, keeps the lights on and keeps everybody doing what they're doing to support everything. Is there any other ways that people can help?
0: Absolutely. Uh, we're very much a participatory organization. We are we are what our members make of us. So, if, um, if you want to get involved and lend a hand, if you've got skills that you could dedicate to um, things like communications or organizing meetings, we have Subject areas that we like to bring members together. Uh, we're working on a, a set of uh, what we're calling a standards and practices learning series, where it's not just a webinar, but it's an opportunity for um, the to focus on, on certain areas. Of one of them looking at regenerative ag, another is food safety. Now that we've uh, you know, got some great experts uh, joining the board on, on that, um, but the, the idea is uh, it's a webinar, but it's it, what comes out of it is a sort of uh, tip sheet based on that, that it becomes an industry resource. So sort of creating a using the best practices that our members use and the expertise to sort of explain to um, everybody from consumers who need to know this information to small businesses who need to understand the, the bigger questions at play, sort of why these methods are necessary, what they mean, um, really to just create a body of, uh, uh, or to add to the body of, 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 resources that the HIR, hiA already maintains and has gathered um, but really to, to to also help those like I said you know there's people there are in a lot of ways hiA members are, are leaders they're taking a, an affirmative step to, to get involved and try and make the industry better and and we want to give those leaders an opportunity to shine so so these standards and practices webinars are really letting them hold up their expertise and and let it benefit the rest of the industry and and that's really what we're going to focus on is, is how do we concentrate those, those forces of good to the best effect.
1: Okay.
0: So if you want to be a part of that,
1: email me. That's really the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure um, you know, everybody that that uh, that understands that we've all got to help uh, push this, right? Uh, boat raises and rising tides, they say. All boats rise in a rising tide. So um, all the work that we're all doing, um, your group as well, it's just pushing this forward and keeping this front forward because there are many other things that obviously are taking precedence in Congress, and, but this is an important one, right? I mean, we've got an industry here that's developing and needs to develop and they need to help do what they need to do to help us pass that and get that moving. So we certainly appreciate that for sure. So the HIA website is where you can find a lot of information on this, that's for sure. Um, how to join, what they're doing. You saw some news things there. I was gonna put in a shameless plug there. I see we had, you had the, our uh, show we had on with uh, Neogen, and they're testing, uh, paci- yeah. their testing machine they have so on that. So that'll be important again this coming year so crop doesn't go hot. And Mike brought up the 1%. And, you know, we had uh, James D. E. Decker, Phil Abetti on our, a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about the variety trials that they had. And, and <clears throat> it's very interesting to see that if we could move this from 03 to 0.1% on the THC, that 97% of the varieties that they tested and that are currently being grown or at least growing in their test would not have gone hot. Wow. Would not have gone hot. So uh, that, that's huge. You know, when, when somebody puts out kind of money and time and effort into this and, and to be uh, you know, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, you know, and they said, really, if we just move it up to 0. 0.5, uh, most of them would all pass too. So, wow. so we're hoping that some logic comes in eventually here. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it seems to be the consensus everybody's arrived at. It, my only concern is that I, it seems to be the consensus because it's a round number, right? There's not a scientific basis for why, why three-tenths of a percent was cut off. There's no Correct. real scientific basis for why one percent even is the cutoff except everybody can get with that as a number. So so I, I wonder if there is a, a more subtle way to make that determination, but thinking of who we're dealing with inside washington i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold out for the perfect and let it be the enemy of the good well
1: jody anything else you'd like to share with us we're kind of getting a little bit close on our time we've got a few more minutes
0: yeah sure sure i'd love to talk if i could a little bit about um uh what i see is the the you know the the exciting stuff for the future. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, are excited about the trend towards adoption of fiber. And we're talking through our, we have an a industry council. Well, we have several industry councils, but we have a, a board seat dedicated to a fiber representative on our board and a council that they, they manage uh, of interested players. And um, they're doing things like, you know, trying to uh, get a, collect the information so that we can sort of provide uh, uh uh, guide for for who's producing what um, from from fiber and herd, right? And this would be the type of thing that if you're a farmer considering whether or not you want to add this to your rotation, you can you know go online and find who who near you is you know could give you a price. Like whose radius, which production center or production plants radius are you likely to fall in, and who can you call to find out whether or not they they could give you a price for this. So um, just doing what we can using our network to 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 knit things together. But I think this is really gonna be pretty exciting this year in terms of um, the announcements that are made, the the deals that are cut to to sort of break ground. We're we're seeing uh, uh, some of our our members are involved with, uh, uh, well, several of our members are involved with different tribes, um, one of which, includes you know, hundreds of thousands of, of potential acres of land spanning multiple states uh, that they're interested in farming at industrial capacity for fiber. And um, I think it's going to be the long awaited year of, uh, of, of things really getting exciting in the fiber sector. So I think I, I would encourage anybody who's interested in learning more to check out um, our Fiber Council and see if you might wanna get involved in that because it's a, a great opportunity to, to connect with others who share your interest and may uh, be resources for you as well. Likewise, Jeff Kostwick from Hemp uh, Production Services, our grain and seed rep on our board. And he um, uh, uh, he's, um, he's also, heading up the, the, the Grand Seed Council and, and, um, you know, they're working in their distinct column on those same types of issues and, and trying to find ways to, to be helpful using the HIA as a, as a tool. So, um, uh, and then of course the cannabinoids council has been pretty active on, on, on their front as well. So all of these things, you can get a little bit of an overview. You can find out more information. Uh, but I, I um, you know, it's, uh, it really is a whole plant organization. We have members from all different parts of the, uh, the industry. And uh, if uh, hemp is something that you believe can help improve the world, uh, HIA is really a home for you. So uh, I'd like to see. Uh,
1: Jody, I, I brought up the website again. So where would people find out more about those? Yeah,
0: Right under your right advocacy there. there. Okay, um, Cannabinoids Council, Grain and Seed Council, and the Fiber and Herd Council right there. Also, some information on our current uh, lawsuit, which is still going ongoing with the DEA. <clears throat> and um, the previous three, this is our fourth go-around, for those who weren't aware. And uh, we succeeded in stopping their attempts to schedule hemp oil back in the aughts. And uh, we're part of the effort to try and stop their scheduling of CBD in 2016. Uh, so, so right now, we're um, challenging their attempt to uh, turn um Intermediate hemp extract, which is you know the the byproduct that's created during extraction that frequently tips over that uh, THC cap, uh, but never sees the light of day or ends up on shelves. Uh, DEA put out a rule, rule in uh, 2020 saying that hey, that's that's a that's a narcotic, and and we said no, that's not what the Farm Bill intended. So we've been going at it in federal court uh, for uh, going uh, going on two years on that with them. Um, but then again, when we won in in 2003, it was after a three and a half year battle. So uh, these things take time.
1: They do, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up. That you're still pursuing that, and still that's still active, <clears throat> because I'll be honest with you, I did not know that that was still active, and you were still pursuing that. So, thanks for that.
0: Yeah, we actually now, uh, had had a dual track strategy, and and sort of the the first track uh, yielded the result that we we expected, but um, uh, it was always uh, going to be a long fight.
1: Uh, uh, and I, uh, you know, Jeff uh, is going to be on our show uh, here in a few weeks, and I know that. He's got some really exciting news to give out. They've uh, joined and going to have some other varieties available, which is going to be nice. And Jeff's going to be on on February the 17th is when he's going to be on talking. And, cool. That uh, is great We were supposed to have Amy Roush this week, but Amy has some conflicts. So she had to kind of reschedule, but we're still going to have Seth Boone next week. He's going to be talking about uh, the uh, carbon uh, and some other really great topics from Panics Exchange. So that's going to be a very really good show. And then Annie's going to come on. She's going to talk about some of the recent stuff that's come out about uh, the cannabinoids C, uh, cbda cbga uh, and where that is with potentially uh, helping with the COVID. now again everybody i gotta understand these are all stuff that's been done in the laboratory they haven't been done on a wide spend they haven't done on people yet but it's just interesting to see that we're finding all these uses for these cannabinoids and even the one that they're doing for op- 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 opioid d- addiction i mean it's just it's amazing what they're finding uh and, and then again we thinking about,
0: the to... think about the 90 years of lost research Oh. We, didn't, we didn't get as a result of prohibition yes. it's a, it and you know I, I like you said far too soon to draw any conclusions about those things but it just goes to show you how much promise and potential hasn't been explored
1: right it's amazing what we're going to find you're right i mean you know w- really when you think about this this is the going into what the fifth year now fourth year now really i mean 18 it was talked about right so early 19 20 21 I mean, this is the fourth year right almost going into the fifth so it's amazing and and you talk about where we're going with fiber I mean we've got a group here in Michigan um, Heartland Industries that they're planning on doing anywhere between 3,500 and 5,000 acres of uh, fiber this year so I mean it's coming it really is coming along and I'm I'm excited for where we're going to be able to use it for livestock feed I mean I just think that's going to be a huge a huge player of things for sure absolutely so well, Joey, I we want to thank you for being on anything. I don't want to cut you off too short, but is there anything else that you wanted to cover or talk about today while we got you on? Um,
0: you know, I, I could probably talk about anything long enough, but I uh, I, I should probably go because my my son's sixth birthday today, and um, it's about uh, about time for us to, to get to the cake, and, and they're waiting for me. So,
1: Uh-oh. Well, we don't want that ice cream to melt for sure. So yeah, because <laughs> if it was on screen, we'd all sing happy birthday to him. So. Yeah, right, no. any last questions you've got for jody before he goes
2: no no he hit that i was just curious on the one percent thing because that's a big deal for
0: everybody so make a big difference yeah yeah here's hoping
1: all right well jody with you thank you again uh for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show and, and, and talk about uh, hia and we're looking forward to having you hopefully you'll be able to travel and we'll be able to see you in may to come out and meet everybody out here in the midwest area and, and talk about the great stuff that you are doing and continue to do with the HIA. So we appreciate that very much. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. You, love love being here. Thanks, guys.
1: All right, all right. Oh, let's see, Mike. What do you think we should do next? You think, huh?
2: I think we should have that outstanding segment on those cookies you showed me earlier.
1: You think so? Oh, yep.
2: yeah. That's what I think.
1: Let's see. Now, I I thought I had. Oh, here it is, right there. There we go. There we go.
2: Can you see that
1: now? Can you see the cookies on there?
2: I can. I imagine your grandson's probably chomping on them somewhere, right? So. Uh,
1: well, we've been keeping them up high, so he can't reach them today. That's uh-huh. not the problem. The problem is everybody else eating them. Today.
2: Everybody else is chomping on them, huh? They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, You're missing the hat, Blaine, by the way.
1: Oh, I'm going to put that on in just a second. I was okay, just going to bring up uh, a little more news that we haven't talked about yet again. Uh, I want everybody to know that uh, in May, we're going to have our expo at the Lansing Center. Uh, that's May uh, 20th and 21st. I always seem to get that date confused with what we had. On Thursday of that week, we're going to have um, uh, Food Chain ID is going to be putting on a presentation on those that want to get uh, certified, uh, third-party certified. Uh, and it's and especially talking about the U.S. Hemp uh, Authority, uh, the H, the Orange H, you're seeing on a lot of product for that. Uh, we're going to be uh, having that going on the day before. Uh, and then Friday night will be the Hempy Awards for sure. Uh, so we're going to we're excited to see about that too and uh, so it's going to be a great educational show um, we're also going to be bringing in some of the uh, some of the cannabis side to this so that people can get educated on that so that we're not again we're trying to uh, help with the education part of all this and get the, uh, the the reefer madness mentality out of people's minds and actually understand about how uh, all hemp all cannabis can help the the planet and people so uh, we're looking forward to bringing that side in as well this year. So that'll be a fun side to bring in. So, so with that, um, we're going to do the, uh, the closing of the show, as we usually do. Uh, we we turn around.
2: that There this. you go. Yep. There we go. Now, we now we're here. good. Okay.
1: We got we the hamper hat on. Otherwise, it just doesn't work right. So, uh, so this is chia hemp seed oatmeal cookies. Uh, it has a healthy twist, and it tastes terrific, and it really does. So the instructions down below, you know, I like things pretty simple, Mike. I like to do that because uh, I'm just a simple kind of guy. Uh, makes about 30 servings on this particular one. So you got them for a long time or have a lot of friends over one of the two. Um, so they're ready in 30 minutes. And there's, uh, there's not too many calories in it. Uh, this is by the art and the kitchen. So we always like to give credit where credit is due on this thing. Uh, the ingredients are pretty simple. It's a multi-grain flour, so you could use any flour for it. Not a problem. Oatmeal, coconut, chai seeds, hemp seeds, dark chocolate chip raisins or dried cranberries. We use raisins in this particular one that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, baking powder, baking soda, salt, uh, butter, brown sugar, eggs, and vanilla bean or vanilla extract. I'm sure we use vanilla extract. Yeah, yep, for ours. So. so just a wonderful, wonderful, there's the, the uh, steps uh, to do. Pretty simple because again I'm a simple guy. I like things simple and uh, pretty, pretty, pretty tasty. Um, and all of our recipes you can find on the IHemp uh, Michigan website. Um, it is under um, ev- uh, about, and then you go to hemp recipes, and we've got a, a, a ton of them on there that you can you can use if, if you're interested in bringing some good healthy uh, treats into your family and also good healthy meals. So. And uh, now, we'll go...
2: Blaine, I was going to ask you: Does down on the farm also? S- I know you sell hemp oil, but you do sell hemp seeds as well.
1: Well, I do have hemp right now. I don't personally have, them, but yes, we can sell hemp seeds as well. Yeah, hemp uh, hearts, we... things like that, all that yep. jazz. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be having. Uh, I will have um, uh, kind of chicken feed available for, for people that out of the hemp hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, the machine that I bought, uh, which I was hoping was going to make, you know, some nice hemp hearts really to me doesn't have enough uh, it still has so many holes in it so i really don't want to sell it as food as hemp hearts for food for people but certainly for chickens or livestock it would be a wonderful thing to have for that that's absolutely absolutely great and i'm again we don't have taste and smell of vision yet but we're working on that oh yeah you see the cookies there? Yeah, I, I do.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably your grandson sees that too, so don't make sure it's up high. So well, I've got the door
1: locked, so he can't oh. get in right now. But, okay. Know, but but uh, I'm mean, gonna, you know, Mike, I'm gonna have to send you a care package one of these days of some of this stuff. That's for sure. So oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Well, we want to thank everybody. We want to thank Mike Brennan for taking time out of his. He's a he's a busy man with a lot of things that he does and he helps us. You know, he helps us to host this show, and we really appreciate him for doing that. My um, pleasure. Mike put a let's put a plug in again for your show and what you do.
2: Yeah, well, I got a couple of things. Uh, I have uh, my own show 420 posts obviously from the name It's cannabis focused, but not so much on the consumer stuff on the business stuff. We cover the business of cannabis. and then we also do that in text with mi Report.com. just put out our newsletter today. I don't know if Blaine you get that newsletter. I'm not sure. You know, if I don't, I'm
1: gonna to have to sign up for that because I haven't seen it in my mail yet. So
2: okay, we get about three thousand subscribers on that, and it's a compilation of the top headlines, primarily from Michigan, but also there's big national stuff and things like that. For instance, the the outlook for whether or not uh, cannabis is going to be descheduled or, or de- whatever this year from Congress, maybe not. Uh, Biden's got a lot on his plate. But I thought it might be a good election year issue, you know, if you want to get that cannabis vote, right? You uh de-schedule it, but I'm, I'm not optimistic that's going to happen, but who knows? So, oh, maybe
1: more in the election year, right? Just before that, maybe that might help.
2: Yeah, there you go. Drop it in uh, October and then uh, everybody will, gosh, isn't that wonderful? Vote Democrat. I mean, that might be a strategy. Who knows? Well,
1: you never know how uh, that might work, so.
2: Yep. Again, I want to thank everybody. Uh,
1: I know Dave was behind the scenes tonight, and uh, Dave, we wish you to, to feel a little better next week to join us uh, next week. Um, right now, we have Seth Boone scheduled. Uh, he's going to be talking about um, uh, carbon credits, which is a which is a major thing and can make a lot of difference for some farmers and where that's all going and the reality of that and a lot of other stuff. They have Panex Exchange, who's so going to update us on the markets and. And they've got some pretty exciting stuff on their platform to be able to help farmers to to uh, move some things there um also then the week after that uh we're gonna have annie Rausch on she's gonna talk about the cbd and all the cannabinoids and what that's been going oh my maybe my grandson's gonna come join us No, well, i guess not and uh Find those cookies that we're gonna have yeah he's open the door we're gonna have jeff uh costume on from uh from hemp production Uh, he's going to be talking about a lot of exciting things they've got going on and and the good seed varieties they have available that's coming out this year so we want to appreciate uh, we thank everybody for joining us tonight and uh, jody again we hope we thank him and hope he had a good little birthday party with his uh, with his son there and um, i think that's it for tonight mike unless you got anything else oh no
2: that's no mike there's a little game coming up this weekend Oh, uh, the, the Farmers versus the Wolverines, you mean, that one? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, if that's what you want to call it, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at the point spread, so I know you're trying to bait me into a bet. So let me look at the point spread, because Michigan, eh, they're just kind of in development. The state's playing really, really well, so.
1: Well I hope we get to do the makeup game because you know that they got the first game got cancelled when it was gonna be at your place, you know. So right, yeah. Well rescheduled.
2: They just rescheduled the Purdue game for early February, so I'm sure they'll reschedule the Michigan State game. Yeah, I can't
1: Donald believe they, they won't
2: reschedule that one. So I uh, we'll do our usual side
1: bet, Mike. We'll do a we'll do a cigar. Okay. We'll, we'll a, we'll a cigar. okay. A Sounds expensive. like a plan. All right. All
2: right. All right. Thanks, Blaine. Thanks, Mike. See everybody next week. All right, bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the IHemp Michigan podcast. Have a question, comment, or suggestion, email dave at
2: ihempmichigan.com.